Uh, we live, that's what I want to have there, we live in an information age. Uh, some people would call it an information revolution, uh, like the industrial revolution of the early 1800s, where the world, the shape of family life and community life, uh, the shape of the economy and world powers was radically changed by industrial production. We live in an information age, an information revolution. Never before have you or I had access to more information, more data. But do we have more wisdom? I remember a teacher in grade 11, he would talk about the difference between data, information, knowledge and wisdom. Data is something like the number one. Information is recognising the fact that there is one apple in front of you. Uh, Knowledge is recognising that apples are food. And wisdom is the ability to take that knowledge and put it to use. Maybe it would be wise to eat this apple right now because you're hungry. Maybe in another situation it would be wise not to eat the apple right now because it will spoil your appetite for lunch. Data, information, knowledge and then wisdom. Today we're opening up the part of the Bible that offers wisdom. I think actually what we're going to discover is the whole Bible offers wisdom, but Proverbs is often a part of the Bible that we think about where we go, not just for knowledge, and sadly I think sometimes we read the Bible, it's just about knowledge, data, facts, but Proverbs is about taking that information, turning it into knowledge and putting it into play, into practice, making it, uh, making it wisdom. As we listen to God speak to us today, a question we want to be asking is, what does wisdom look like? How do we measure wisdom? How do we assess if a certain decision is wise? How can we know if we are a wise person? In our culture, I think most people measure wisdom by success. If you succeed in the way our culture measures success, then you must be wise. If you fail in life, you must be foolish. We measure wisdom based on results. And the metrics we use are things like fame, wealth. The wise person is someone who's achieved the Australian dream of a house and a yard and two cars in the garage. And the bigger the house, the fancier the cars, then you must have made wiser decisions in your life. Is that how God measures wisdom? So we're starting a series on Proverbs, in Proverbs, Because of the nature of Proverbs, you may be familiar with Proverbs, this might be the first time you've ever opened this part of the Bible, it's a very different part, kind of book from most other books in the Bible, so we're going to do things a bit differently. We're not going to work through Proverbs chapter by chapter. Uh, That would be an interesting way to preach through Proverbs, it's not how I'm going to do it, it's not how we're going to do it this time, maybe one day when I'm older and wiser I'll give that a shot. This time, we're going to be jumping around a little bit, Uh, we're going to get a feel for this book, And one of my goals in this is not only are we going to hear God speak to us and have us changed by God through hearing his voice in the voice of wisdom in Proverbs, but what I'm wanting us to do is actually to learn how to approach this book of wisdom. It's a very, this book of Proverbs. It's a very 
well-known, very popular book of the Bible. You read those Christianized self-help books. They love to quote from Proverbs. I think often they make a very, they make a terrible job of quoting from Proverbs. I want us to be wise readers of Proverbs as well as be changed by God to have wisdom. So that's our goal for this series, which will go from now until sometime in July. What is this book of Proverbs? Well, verse 1 tells us. Now have a look at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. We're going to start by thinking about who Solomon is. Who is he? Well, he's the son of King David. We're told that. Solomon was the third king of Israel. Solomon's reign was the golden age, the high point of Israel's history. It never gets better than the time of Solomon. Solomon's story is told in the opening chapters of 1 Kings. It's worth reading 1 Kings, particularly chapter 4 sometime. If you were to read 1 Kings chapter 4 and you'd been reading through the whole Bible and paying attention to everything the Bible says up until when you get to 1 Kings chapter 4, you'd be forgiven getting to 1 Kings chapter 4 and going, this is it. This is the fulfillment of all God's promises. This is it. History's over now. This is everything God has said he would do. It has all happened. Solomon is the high point of Israel's story. Let's have a listen to how Solomon is described in 1 Kings 4. I'll put it up on the screen. God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the east and greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan the Ezrahite, wiser than Heman, Calcol and Dada, the sons of Mahol, and his fame spread to all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs numbered 1,005. He spoke about plant life from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the walls. He also spoke about animals and birds, reptiles and fish. From all the nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. Solomon is wise, the wisest person in all the earth. And in his wisdom, he collated proverbs, he collected wise sayings. Uh, Proverbs doesn't contain all of Solomon's sayings. There's nowhere near 3,000 proverbs in this book. And actually, at the end of the book of Proverbs are sayings that come from other kings and other wise people. So the book of Proverbs, although it's linked to Solomon, it's like a compilation album or a playlist on Spotify. It's a collection of wise sayings, mainly from Solomon, but also from others. Uh, What are Proverbs? Well, I think the best way to work out what a proverb is, is by reading the book of Proverbs. And you'll see that they're mainly short, wise sayings. Uh, Most of them are the length of a text message or a tweet. Uh, Some give advice. Others describe the world just as it is. Often because they're short and they don't explain all that much, they're the kind of things that don't give us easy answers, but they prompt us to think. They don't give us all the answers we want, but they do make us think. They point us in the right direction to be thinking. And the point of the Proverbs is to give wisdom. So have a listen from verse 2, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 2. For gaining wisdom and instruction, 
for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behaviour, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. So what is wisdom? Part of it is to do with our our heads, our minds, our thinking. At the start of Proverbs, you heard words like knowledge and understanding. They're head words. But it's not just knowing stuff. It's putting it into practice. It's about doing what is right and fair, verse 3. It's about making good decisions, discerning and guidance in verse 5. But in the Bible, wisdom isn't only to do with our brains. It's also linked to our hands. Have a listen. This is very interesting, I think. Have a listen to Exodus 28. Uh, the first bit's not going to make too much sense. It's the second slide that's really going to hit the, hit the ground for us. And this is God speaking. Have Aaron, your brother, brought to you from among the Israelites, along with his son Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar, so they may serve me as priests. Make sacred garments for your brother Aaron to give him dignity and honour. And this is the important bit. Tell all the skilled workers, literally tell all the wise-hearted, to whom I have given wisdom in such matters, that they may that they are to make garments for Aaron for his consecration, so he may serve me as priest. What's wisdom according to Exodus 28? It's being a skilled craftsman. The Bible would use the word wisdom to talk about a skillful potter or knitter or a skillful carpenter or engineer. Wisdom is about our heads and our hands. It's not just what you know, it's putting it into practice. And this is like God's wisdom. I want you to flick in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3.19 talks about God's wisdom which isn't just about what God knows. It's not about his intelligence. God's wisdom isn't just that he knows every bit of data in the universe. He he knows where the electrons are spinning and all. No, it's also what God does in creation. It's God's heads and his hands, if you like. So Proverbs 3.19, By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided and the clouds let drop the dew. God's wisdom and the wisdom God gives is very practical, very earthy. And because God's wisdom is very practical, very earthy, includes what we do with our hands, well, have a listen to where one of our sources of wisdom back is back in chapter 1. So chapter 1, verse 8, one of the sources of wisdom is parents. Verse 8 says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Because wisdom is earthy, it's practical, we can get wisdom from our parents and from any wise teacher, any wise elder. I take it as not just parents literally, but parental type figures, wise elders in our community. Wisdom comes from wise people. Wisdom also comes from observing the world God's made. Proverbs 6.6 is a, 
A fairly well-known example. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. Where is a lazy person to learn wisdom? Well, they could look to God and God's activity in the world. They could look to their hard-working parents, but that's not what this proverb says. It says, go to the ants. Wisdom comes from observing the world and wisdom comes from learning from wise people. But most of all, wisdom comes from God, from knowing God as God. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. There are lots of places you can find wisdom. We're going to see that in the book of Proverbs. Lots of places to go to find wisdom. But the deepest wisdom, the truest wisdom, the only sure foundation for being wise is knowing and fearing God. And this is really important for us. There are loads of people out there claiming uh, to sell wisdom. Life coaches and gurus, talkback, radio, TV hosts and commentators who sit in their studios with their golden microphone offering pronouncements on every topic under the sun. They claim wisdom about everything. In many ways, social media influencers claim a kind of wisdom. Yes, plenty of influencers are just pretty faces selling products. But there's this whole category of influencers who put themselves out there not so much as a pretty face to sell something, but as a wise person to sell something. Their message, their wisdom might be body positivity or mummy life hacks or how to get rich through investing and cryptocurrencies. Whatever whatever you want to get wise in, there's someone on the internet selling you something and claiming to be wise in it. Now, I think one of the things we learn from Proverbs is There's going to be wisdom to gain from them, possibly. Not from all of them, but there might be. They've learnt things from others. They've observed the created world. There might be wisdom to gain from these people. But the point of Proverbs 1.7 is, unless they fear God, unless they've put everything they know in the context of God, who is creator and redeemer, it's not truest and deepest wisdom. It's not truest and deepest wisdom because unless you know and fear the Lord, you don't really understand the world as it really is. True wisdom is knowing yourself and the world. True wisdom is living in the world, knowing yourself in relation to the God who is creator, judge and saviour. And that's one reason why the fear of the Lord is the basis of true wisdom. To live wisely in the world, you must know its creator. Another reason true wisdom comes from fearing the Lord is it takes into account not just this life, but eternity. These people our culture thinks are wise, they may have good wisdom for this earthly life. And they may be very successful in this life, but as Jesus says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? 
True wisdom comes from fearing God because true wisdom is wisdom for eternity. Though why does the Proverbs, why does Proverbs 1-7 use the word fear? Why does it talk about fearing God, fearing the Lord? Why does it say the beginning of knowledge is fearing the Lord, not loving or knowing God? It's because fear grabs hold of the fact that God is God and we're not. He is the creator, I'm the creature. True wisdom knows we are utterly dependent on God. He is the judge, I'm the one who will be judged. Though fearing God isn't the same as being afraid of God. If you were afraid of God, you'd run away from him. But the fear of the Lord means knowing him as the promise-keeping God, the God who shows steadfast love, the God who in the Lord Jesus says, call me Abba, Father. Fearing the Lord means you don't run away, but you run to him for forgiveness and grace. So if this is what wisdom is, if this is what wisdom is based on, where do we find wisdom? How do we know if we are a wise person? Well, please turn with me to chapter 8, so Proverbs chapter 8, and we're going to hear the voice of wisdom. As I've been reading uh, Proverbs in Bible study this term and also in preparation for this sermon series, one of the things that struck me is wisdom isn't static, it's dynamic. Wisdom is about a process, it's about learning and growing. To use the cringy language of the self-help world, it's about the journey, not the destination. To put it another way, wisdom isn't about getting to some kind of level and then saying, I'm wise. A wise person is someone who never stops learning, never stops growing, never stops listening and observing. It's less about what you know right now, what you understand right now. Wisdom is more about the attitude you have towards listening and learning from wise people and from most of all from God. And that's why in the opening chapters of Proverbs, over and over again, wisdom is talked about as a person. Quite often it's a woman. It is in chapter 8. She is Lady Wisdom who calls out and invites people to listen and learn and to keep listening and keep learning whether they are simple or wise right now because what really makes you wise is that you listen. Wise people listen to her voice. So let's do that now. Let's listen to Proverbs chapter 8 starting at verse 1. Verse 1. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand beside the gate leading into the city. At the entrance she cries aloud, To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen. For I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. Earlier we met Solomon, the wisest person in all the earth. 
wiser than Ethan and He-Man, whoever they are. If you know Solomon's life story, you might wonder how the wisest man in the world could make such a mess of his life. If you know the story of Solomon, he ends up with about a thousand wives and concubines. He worships idols and his legacy is a disaster. How could the wisest man on the planet do this? It's because he stopped listening to wisdom. Maybe with all the praise he got from his wisdom. Mate, you're wiser than everyone on the planet. There, Kings came from around the world to listen to Solomon. Maybe he thought, I've made it. He forgot to be a learner. He thought he knew it all. The call of wisdom is both a rebuke to those who think we've made it. If you think you've made it, you are no longer wise. But I reckon it's also a great encouragement. We can all take heart from this. You may think you're not all that wise, that you've made some pretty foolish choices. If wisdom calls out, if she invites the simple to gain prudence and knowledge, then the invitation is open to us all. True wisdom isn't about what you've done in the past. It's irrelevant whether in the past you've been wise or foolish. True wisdom, God's wisdom, is about being humble enough to listen today to the voice of wisdom. Truly wise people keep listening, keep growing. Wise people know they don't know everything, that they're not experts in every field. You might have been able to describe even the hyssop growing out of the wall like Solomon, but true wisdom means you know you don't know everything. Often the wisest thing to say is, I don't know. Can you help me understand? Wisdom comes from listening. Though listening with discernment. Listening to the voice of wisdom. Wise people also know the value of wisdom. They know that wisdom is precious in itself. So jump down to verse 10, Proverbs 8.10, which says, Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. We can get wisdom from all sorts of places. But most wisdom sold by life coaches or talk show hosts, their message is, listen to me and you'll be successful. Listen to me and you'll know how to navigate the the future that I'm making sound really scary to you. Listen to me and you'll get rich. Do what I say and you'll have power and influence. God's wisdom is precious in and of itself. Getting wisdom is better than success or wealth. And this is because God's wisdom comes from God. If the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, if wisdom is about knowing yourself and living life in right relationship with God, then wisdom is precious itself because gaining wisdom is gaining God. God himself, living in relationship with him, is precious in itself. So we've seen what wisdom is. Uh, We've heard the voice of wisdom. 
from wise people, from observing the world, but most of all from God himself. And if God himself is the source of wisdom, then the best source for his wisdom is the scriptures. And especially from Jesus, who is the word of God made flesh. We may not think this way about Jesus very often, but in the Gospels, one of the truths about Jesus is he is a wise teacher. When Jesus teaches, people are blown away because his words have authority. They have the ring of truth. And Jesus himself cries out much like the voice of wisdom in Proverbs. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus calls out like the voice of wisdom. He says, don't just hear these words. Don't just enjoy the wise things I've said as some form of entertainment. The wise person will put these words into practice. Uh, This is what Jesus says. It'll be up on the screen. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Do you want to be wise or foolish? Do you want your house, your life to stand or fall? Like the proverbial voice of wisdom, Jesus calls out. He offers wisdom. He offers life. The question is, will you listen to him? The foolish thing to do is to block your ears, to assume I already know the truth. I already understand everything there is to understand. Jesus says if you do this, if you ignore his words, or even worse, if you hear the words but you don't receive them, you don't put them into practice, you don't trust in him and his words, Jesus says doing that's like building a house on sand or building a main street in a flood-prone gully. But wise people listen to Jesus. They listen to Jesus. Even when Jesus says stuff which in our culture just sounds absolutely ridiculous. When Jesus says says stuff that goes against everything our gut says is wise. Even when he calls us, when he calls you and me to give up everything. Earlier we heard Jesus' call to true wisdom to value eternity over this life. I want us to finish by hearing Jesus' call in its context. So this is from Mark 8. Then Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. 
For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Friends, this is the voice of wisdom. The wisdom that begins with the fear of the Lord, that realises that nothing is worth keeping. Everything is worth giving up for the eternal value of knowing Christ. I don't know whether you're here today and you think that you've made lots of good, wise decisions. That you look at your life and go, oh, I'm pretty comfy, I've, I've kind of done it. I've done okay. The wise person knows what they don't know. And when they hear wisdom, they humble themselves and they listen to it. When they hear the word of Jesus, who throws all of our expectations about wisdom on its head, they listen to him and they do what he says. Let's pray. Father God, we praise you for your wisdom. That you are the only wise God, the one who created and sustains the world in your wisdom. Please make us wise. Make us humble and discerning learners. May we learn from wise people, from the things of the world, but most of all from you. Give us true wisdom. May we fear you. May we value you and your wisdom above all. Give us wisdom to cling to Christ, to give up everything that we might gain eternity in him. Amen.